0: Hello and welcome to Simon Says Let's Talk Business here on Business Radio X. I'm your host Al Simon with Sandler and on this show we talk with high performing business professionals to sharpen our skills and learn new ideas and concepts, sharing best practices and we get to know really smart people. Uh, So listen carefully and take some notes and at the end of each segment look for their contact information so that you can Engage with our guests because you're going to want to. And as always, we will conclude our show with a sales tip from me in our Ask Al segment. So today I'm really pumped because we've got two great guests. We've got Travis Giles, the founder and master clothier for McMahon's Clothing. Welcome, Travis. Thank you. On St. Patrick's Day, McMahon's Mac yes. Clothing. Awesome. Was that an accident? Uh, yes, it was actually purely coincidental, okay. but, it, but okay. it works. It yep. works, yeah. Yep. Okay, good. And we also have Marty Gildemeyer with the Praxis Group. Welcome, Marty. Hey, good morning. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Good, thank you. So we'll, uh, we'll start with Travis, uh, talk about McMahon's clothing. Travis, um, I've known you in a while, right? We've known each other a while. And you're always Natalie Dre. Is that a word, Natalie
1: um, I don't dressed? know that it is. Okay. You're always well-dressed. Thank you. <laughs> now it could be. Mm. I didn't do so well in English, so okay. I struggled.
0: Okay. But you do have the green tie on today. Yes. Which people can't tell because it's radio, but if they watch, look at the pictures on the website, they'll see it's a uh, St. Patty's Day tie you've got on. It's one of my favorites. They probably won't see my socks, which are green, but that's okay. They And they are bright. <laughs> you know just uh, and and we won't go into what Mike told us about what he's wearing, so we'll just let that go but uh so you've been but have you been doing this your whole career
1: more or less, yes, yeah. with the exception of a few years uh out a college okay. um but wow. I studied fashion merchandising- okay. uh marketing in college, worked in retail, worked in buying short stint in buying up in new york um okay. worked in retail in the southeast, worked for a larger company got on this side of the business as far as uh custom clothing uh back in 98 started McMahon's back in 02.
0: okay so you decided not to go with the the retail giants or whatever but instead do your own thing
1: yeah you know that's hard great business and uh knew a lot of successful folks but they're all over the place traveling Mm -hmm. you can't grow unless you're traveling Mm -hmm. um so
0: okay so this is a way for you to have control over your, own li- over your life and also to help people to succeed by how they dress.
1: It, uh, yes. Um, the effect that it has on clients, I'm still overwhelmed today. Yeah. Uh, attorneys, you name it, guys at the top of the game, and they still want a top-level garment that fits like a glove. For when they go into that case, or they go into the big meeting, and they still talk about it, um, it's just yeah. the wives tell me their husbands walk differently. Really, it's amazing.
0: A, a, it's a confidence thing, or, is, or I mean, what
1: confidence? They feel. I mean, the, the old adage of feel good, look good, um, but it's they look in the mirror. It's not even that. It's just everything fits differently than they've mm-hmm. ever fit before. So many testimonies, I never knew clothes could fit this well.
0: Okay. And so that, that's got to change your mindset then going into your business day, right? When you Correct. Feel like you're, you're put together, so you got it together. That's an interesting thing. I haven't even thought about that.
1: So for a lot of guys, it's just another tool of their arsenal. hmm.
0: Okay. Now, you mentioned attorneys and people that are, you know, typically we think of as being, uh, you know, dressed more um, professionally, I guess. But these days, there's an awful lot of the business casual going on. knew you were going to go there. Right? You had to go there. Well, because I'm, I'm there, right? I'm, I'm thinking. I, I wear jeans, dress jeans, but jeans a lot of times, even if I'm training in front of groups these days.
1: I can help you change that.
0: Yes. <laughs> you think I should change that? You don't think jeans are appropriate in business, and even dress jeans?
1: They can be, mm-hmm. but not all dress jeans fit appropriately.
0: Okay. So as long as they're...
1: Same as suits. Yeah. Suits may be appropriate, but a suit may not fit very well. Still a good presentation, but if it's just the wrong size, ill-fitting, wrong color, um, it can be a negative influence. Yeah. When you go casual, casual shirts and jeans and that sort of thing, right. now you're going to really... Take it down several levels if they're not fitting properly. Okay. If that makes sense.
0: All right, well, it does make sense to me, but I, I want to I clarify if you don't mind. So you said take it down to several levels.
1: Meaning you were dressed pretty well and presenting a pretty good image right. for a business casual, but now it's is it business casual or is it kind of sloppy? Is your shirt wrinkled? Is it too blousy? Are the jeans saggy in certain areas where they really shouldn't be? Mm-hmm and all of that, that can draw attention away from you the presenter therefore people can be distracted and not hearing or listening to what you're saying as intently as they could if everything fit properly
0: mhm okay that does make sense and i do think about that i do and i'm guessing our listeners do as well cuz it's a little confusing in business how you know how should you dress used to be pretty easy right you wear a suit cuz you're Everybody oh, the guys loved little, it. Yeah.
1: Blue suit, white shirt, red tie. Life's easy.
0: There you go. Wingtip shoes.
1: All day long. Yeah. Guys didn't have to make any decisions. I mean, when it started, I mean, because the whole business casual started back here, late nineties, early two thousand. Um, it had already been out in the West Coast for years. Yes. Most guys did not like the change because they had to make a lot more decisions in the morning to get dressed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and I you know, want to make sure I didn't wear the same suit the, the last time I was visiting this particular prospector right.
1: client that I wore, yeah,
0: which is hard to keep track of.
1: So initially, yeah. when people, the business casual, a lot of big firms, because yeah. guys were wearing suits every day, on the weekends, all they had was jeans and t-shirts. So now their business casual was the wingtip, the white shirt, the blue suit, no tie. Right. That was business casual. Right. Initially.
0: Yeah, I want ask you about that, too, the open collar thing with a jacket. Uh, that seems to be pretty accepted or at least pretty common. Right. Now, what is your, what is your take on that?
1: Again, done properly. You know, sometimes yeah. guys, you know, the, there's too much open collar. It's not really presentable. It can take away from focused attention on the presenter if you're showing your gold medallion or maybe a little fur. Yeah. Right? Yes. Or if you have a really nice shirt. But the first button position's a little too low. Yes. And now you're showing your five year old undershirt Yes. underneath. Right. So you just you're completely take away from that great looking shirt and maybe the great looking jacket fit well, but then that undershirt's ratted, tattered.
0: But it's okay to show undershirt as I'm doing it right now as we speak.
1: I wouldn't suggest
0: it. Really? but i but I, I don't want to go without an undershirt
1: there's others uh you can go with a lower v neck
0: yeah yes but with certain shirts a v neck is visible but some of the it, shirt. sometimes
1: it can and that's yeah. where you kind of have to look at the change the the if it's a white shirt maybe you need to get a different type of white shirt
0: okay all right. and
1: all of that goes into the process of what we do of building wardrobes and properly addressing, is it the shirt? Where's the button position when we're building custom shirts? Are we doing a crew neck? Are we going to go with a V-neck of an undershirt?
0: Okay. And how much of that is the is your client's preference versus your uh, advice because of your expertise in this world?
1: Our process includes a peppering of questions. Of
0: There's a great word, peppering. Is that an Irish word, peppering? That might be an Irish word. I don't know. Well, let's use it today. We'll call it Irish. I'll go with it. Okay.
1: Um, And so through that peppering process, find a lot of uh, likes, dislikes, but what's the specific situation Mm -hmm. when you're wearing those particular clothes that we're looking to build your wardrobe? Is it business? Is it social? Is it a special event? Is it business day-to-day. Is it internal, external meetings, et cetera, et cetera? We find certain preferences, colors. What is your spouse partner? What do they like? Mm-hmm. Um, all of that goes into the integration of choosing. And once I hear everything going through the measuring process, all of that will influence what I will suggest. Therefore, the result and then the intent is to be that you don't end up with a wardrobe or maybe just one simple suit that's good looking. The intent is that you receive what's best for you in your situation.
0: Okay. Is it all custom or is there something, some things like off the rack?
1: I do have some off the rack clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a few collections of sport jackets, trousers. Um, do a lot of off the rack trousers combined with custom shirts and uh, custom jackets. Okay. But belts, accessories, socks,
0: Everything wow.
1: boxer briefs, yeah, green ones, if you need some more green ones, Mike,
0: which we're not going to go there, but uh yeah <laughs> but <laughs> wonder why he said that I just curious hmm um okay, so what's the process if if uh and it's it's men right you're you're working with men yes, what's the process if a man wants to talk to you and doesn't want to commit yet, what's the process
1: uh generally, we'll talk to him over the phone first, okay um can do some consultations, but usually a lot of the businesses is is by referral. So usually when folks reach out, they're ready, ready to get started. We'll schedule a time. I'll do a little bit of uh, peppering over the phone. We'll schedule a time and usually a first time meeting. somebody is usually about an hour and a half. Okay. Have a lot of those questions. Um, What's the plan? Are we looking for an event, a process business? What are we using the clothing for? What are we trying to achieve? What issues have they had in the past, if any? What are they like, dislikes? Uh, If they've brought, sometimes guys bring in a garment they love uh, and they want to duplicate it or make sure they don't do certain things. So through that, on top of an extensive measuring process, all of that, as I mentioned, then that helps me determine specific fabrics based on their specific wants and needs okay we'll go through that look at the uh, go through the fabrics offer a variety of fabrications um, with the same objective all different price points choose that and then um, custom garments finish up in about six weeks
0: okay and why is all that better than just you know going to you know a high-end men's clothing store
1: and there's some great stores and if they work for you and you have time to go meal around in the stores or the mall, um, and it works, I tell folks, keep doing it. Really? Um, if that's, they're in a, um, uh, they found a rhythm, uh, that works for them. Yes. But if you're looking for more variety and actually looking for a true custom garment, that's what, McMahon specializes in. Ninety yeah. percent of the custom makers throughout the U.S. are providing a made-to-measure or a semi-custom product. And there's not anything wrong with that. The niche of my product is that it's, the pricing is relatively the same as what they're mass-producing.
0: Is it? Because the, the general, general um, perception from someone who hasn't used uh, you know, your services at McMahon's or someone like yours is that it's much more expensive.
1: Right. Um, and to compare to a Macy's suit, absolutely. Okay. You know, everything's relative. Right. Um, a everyday custom suit that we do is usually around $1,500, 1600 Okay. Okay. Now, to compare that to what you get in the product that I've developed if you were to find something with comparable features and benefits and construction details, you would have to pay two and a half times the price. Did not know that. So, and then the other folks that are offering that similar fifteen sixteen hundred dollars 1600 suit at their custom shop will have what we call, it'll, it'll be a semi-custom garment and have a little bit of glue in it, what we call fusing. And I know glue can scare you like, what? There's, yes. glue, there's glue in your jacket. And that's a norm. But it's a norm for mass-produced items. So, again, the product that I developed, if you're going to buy custom, pay for custom, you should receive custom clothing. And when there's anything remotely similar to a garment off the rack, like the fusing or the glue, that doesn't make sense to me. Okay. You should pay a lot less.
0: Wouldn't make sense. Yes. It would. Okay. That's this is
1: too confusing. I know I'm kind
0: of jumping around. Well, my questions are jumping around, but I, but I, I, I'm I'm really curious about this because it, it's it's a major part of the people I train, mm-hmm. and it's a major part of my of my own um, professionalism, I guess, is a, is a way to put that. Uh, and I'm and I'm quite sure that most businessmen do think about these things
1: a lot. Absolutely, yeah. most guys will it make or break them probably not but most guys that i work with usually want all the odds in their favor yes and they never they get some of them eventually just get tired of the collars too tight they're doing a presentation and they're something's uncomfortable yes that can take that can throw you off your game a little bit
0: or like you said distracting and and you feel the distracting mm-hmm.
1: the distraction happening yeah
0: Travis, this this is great, and I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to talk to you. What's the best way for that to happen?
1: They can contact us through the contact uh, page on mcmclothing.com, mcmclothing.com, or just Google, which is a little bit difficult, McMahon's Clothing in Suwannee, Um, and there's a lot of information, a lot of pictures. Okay, Uh,
0: and McMahon's is spelled M-C-M-A-N-Posh
1: V-S. Right. Did I get that Let right? me go back. M-C-M-A-H-A-N apostrophe
0: S. We're going to do it one more time. I know.
1: It's a tough one. That's why I went to <laughs> MCMclothing.com. That's easier. Let's <laughs> yes. do that.
0: MCMclothing.com. That's easier. So our, you know, our uh, listeners can uh, can reach you through there and, um, and get a peppering of questions and see if it's right for them. How's that? That's it. All right, Travis, great to have you with us. Man, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Enjoyed it very much. Uh, so this has been... Uh, Travis Giles, the founder and master clothier of McMahon's Clothing, and uh, I'm your guest Al Simon with Sandler on Business Radio X, Uh, and so let's let's transition over to Marty, Marty Gildemeyer, the president and CEO of uh, ProTech Mechanical and also Praxis Group. Yes, sir. All right. You got a lot going on there, Marty. I do. I do.
2: I'm not looking for any more time to fill. I'm looking for more space that everybody is not using.
0: Okay, well, let's try to go chronological, right? So okay. you started uh, ProTech, uh, what, 30 years ago? Something yes, like sir. That? Okay, and that's and that's uh, uh, residential and commercial. Yes. Uh, heating and air conditioning. Correct. All right, so you're a mechanical engineer by background?
2: No, not the engineer. I, yeah. I, I, I use the mechanical so we can incorporate uh, HVAC, plumbing, and electrical. Okay. So right now we're just uh, HVAC. But right. we, incorporated the name to be able to incorporate the other three should we choose to do right. so
0: and you made it through the recession that started in 2008 you you came through it still standing
2: you know it was one of the times that we were able and prepared this time yes. the first couple ones we, we were we were rocked yeah. mainly because self-inflicted we weren't prepared yes this time we were blessed yeah. we did make it through that one and you know we were prepared to go through a pandemic to follow
0: yeah so you've got this business, ProTech Heat and Air. You've got, you know, some number of, of technicians and trucks out there doing that thing, right? Yes. Okay. And then somewhere <laughs> along the way, you saw there was a need, right? Tell us about that.
2: What if? Yeah. yeah so um, back in 2011 and 12, um, I have had a really good friend that was a, is a software engineer. And for years, uh, not only myself, but my peers were looking to make... Running a business should not be as difficult as we make it as a small business person. Um, most of the time, I'm small, glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> we you know, do make it difficult. It is, we do. We overthink yeah. it, right? Yeah. And yeah. the one things we do is we go back to our natural thought processes and instinctive reactions. Is is we can fix it, right? Yes. And you know, the back you know, as I'm running the business, I started getting to the point, and when somebody would ask me what I thought would have was my big hit why did it was I thought I was successful I started thinking I said you know it's probably because I was healthy and could outwork my losses and when I, when that started being a reality and it was kind of a joke on myself and then I was starting I started thinking you know it can't be it's got to be something better yeah you know and small business folks they don't have a team full of people that, that's, that are in there and running and operating their business during the day mm-hmm. were the chief cook and bottle washer, mm-hmm. right? And you're running mm-hmm. and operating your business and then when the lights go out for everybody else, yours goes back on and you put on a different hat and then either you're invoicing or you're pr- preparing proposals and presentations for sales in the next day and you rinse and repeat. Well, that part was the part that was was, was missing and it was just, you were you could buy software and you could uh, get Uh, applications to be able to do that but it was hard to understand right and uh, it didn't change the mindset and the cost of these were just getting extravagant but I started thinking is you know management systems are usually what these are right now they manage the data they manage the customer they have dispatch boards but they really weren't putting a keen eye on knowing your business growing your business In giving you an impactful way to be able to price and sell your product so we started to build it in the garage and we built praxis praxis is a greek word for process and
0: i was going to ask you about that (laughs) i love love that
2: word process yeah and so so it starts with you used it i just counted the times that we both or you both used it today it was four times we used the word process really you're counting yeah all right (laughs) and and mainly because it's such an intricate word and such and we use it freely but it's impactful, right? It is. So you start thinking of the way you start and run your business. It doesn't matter who you are, but we're talking about my peers and mechanical, is all the things you think you need, all the things you think you need to operate, well, all those are management tools. The day you w- when you get out of bed in the morning and you walk in the door, everything starts with sales, Right. <laughs> Now say that again. Everything starts with what? Everything starts with sales. Okay, I'm glad you said it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I got two more times. Yeah. And when I started thinking about that is like, mm-hmm. now bring it back down to the lowest and repeated it, is none of that happens. You can't manage anything. There's no data. There's no customer. There's nothing. But yet, we're not paying a really intentional part of understanding that. And mm-hmm. how you're going to grow your business. Well, you've got some good, you listen to good people. Right. You listen to good ideas, but yet you don't have good processes. Yes, a lot of times we keep it in that eight-inch hard drive in between our ears, and then everybody asks you, "What do you charge?" And your employees ask you, "What do we charge?" And then when a, cust- when a customer says, "What do you charge?", then maybe an employee says, "Hold on, let me check, and I'll call my boss." Right, right. And you started thinking, well, you we want to empower these people. They, they, these are good career-minded. And and focused people is we got to be able to get it in front of them. But more importantly, is we got to change the mindset or and the competence level of that business owner to know their business. So that's when we started building the software.
0: So what do, didn't they have a handle on the the expenses, the 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 margins? Or what was it that that was getting away from business owners like you like yourself in the uh, HVAC world or other? Uh, co- uh, commercial and residential construction type type of companies
2: you know I'll probably say me and speak for my peers too it's not that we we got to the we got that journey we knew kind of what we were doing with it just didn't know how we were doing it right you used old theories you know we may have worked for somebody else and that's what they did and you look in around and see what competition is and you're keeping your prices at the same competition level without a good process you leave out intricate pieces of what it takes to run your business every day your vehicles the tools software that runs the business you know the typical overhead pieces but when it goes into a sales process and you can look at it and see it then you know where that target margin is you know when you don't meet that target margin in there what you have to be able to change yes and it's mine most of the time when you start finding out it's self inflicted. It's not that we don't know. It's just we may be just a little bit short of how we're getting it. But here's the most important thing that I think comes out of it is it's not so much maybe the business owner, but it's the people that worked with him, right? How do we empower them to know it? How do we and when they know it, now our power has just grown exponentially. Yes. Is now everybody speaks the culture of our pricing and sales. And so it's not like a price tag that you would go in and off of a up a hanger right it's not it's mobile and there's so many moving parts that there's a lot of different things that go into that so we had to simplify it right and so we built the pricing and sales tool to be able to handle every piece of the business service installation repairs um, uh, iaq indoor air quality so it's the process of now of being able to simplify it understand it and then pay it back forward to repeat it
0: yeah, so and and I saw that all over your website that you know keep it simple, you know don't overthink it, um, and and uh, I think most business owners, uh, you swing you are know, that way right they they make it too complicated, or the other way where they just you know kind of you know, see no evil, hear no evil, and they just kind of hope it all works out in the end. You, you see that too? Exactly. Yeah, but you, but the tools that you've got with Praxis uh, are simple enough to for the average business owner to walk them right through it.
2: Yeah, and so what of the things we we did is, you know, I I was I'm a contractor, right? Mm-hmm. I've been, I've know I know construction. Um I probably value myself as a good people person so I can I have the ability to sell. Um I love sales. And I sit, and wait, I Say it again. <laughs> I love sales. Thank you. Appreciate There's that. our four times. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and I think that's where a lot of us in there is we can pick up for any mistakes, you know, mm. just I can I can find opportunities. Right, that's never really been the problem. It's the problem has been is knowing and understanding your business, mm. and, and and we and sometimes we invest a lot of time and effort and go to different seminars and we go in to invest in ourselves to be able to do that. But the difference I wanted it to be is when you got that information, now put it back in these business calculators, right? Put what, who you are in there of what it costs for you to run your business. And you, those numbers don't lie, right? And when we, we get into that part with, you know, don't overthink it, a lot of times when you get software, the first panic button that hits is, okay, who's going to set it up? Yes. Right? And who's going to be responsible to operate it? Yes. Well, we took that fear out of there because I know that because I had that fear, right? You're going to spend the exponential amount of money, and then all of a sudden that person that spoke so eloquently to you it made you feel so confident and you trusted that now I can do it. They kind of disappear and they're off to the next, that software company is off to the next one and it's now you're left, right? So what we did is we actually built the whole entire thing out. There's over 9,200 defaults. We even put that the, sounds ha- that sounds daunting. It doesn't it? Yes. Right. 9, so 200. right down to a screw and, yeah. and, and into, you know, what, you could possibly have a cost that would run and operate your business Mm -hmm. but we made it so simple that when you go to turn it on the day that i deliver it to to them they can go to work so we made relationships with their distributor and manufacturers and we install and update their pricing of their own equipment
0: okay so you're there actually helping them implement
2: absolutely all right so it's that it's not that process to begin with it's like Theoretically, what we wanted to be able to do that the software wouldn't cost them a dime mm-hmm. only if they didn't use it because mm-hmm. it wouldn't cost the sales. But yet you wouldn't. It's, I don't really have a lot of me personally. My team works a lot with the software. But my my time that I spend with our, our co- contractors, it's not so much about how the software works is OK. So this is how we are running our business. How do you do it, and how is the standard, or what are other right, people thinking?
0: Makes sense. And you're absolutely right about uh, about you know people being left in the lurch. I, you know, prior to uh, to starting Sander uh, by Simon myself, I was a corporate salesperson selling software, and uh, a lot of my clients today, you know, sell technology. And a common theme is the the, the customers don't use enough of the system well to really make it worth it. Right. Because there's just so much, and then they don't know if they got it set up right, and you know, and then they change some things, and then that doesn't work as well. And pretty soon, the the, the you know the tool itself is running at maybe what three percent of its uh, capacity. If that for most people, right. right? Yeah. So you
2: take care of that, right? You're in there with them, holding their hand, helping them implement. Yeah, and the great thing about that is, it's like the limitations are only stopped by the individual, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like. What you just said is sometimes it's that mindset that you get comfortable only getting to 30% of it. And if I just did this, I did better than I did before I had this. So I'm only gonna start looking here. Right. Well, what we thought going into it, it took me so long to build it out was, how would I have thought 20 years ago, right? And how about some of these younger folks that we start seeing coming into the business now and coming into what are they gonna be thinking and how overwhelmed are they gonna get and how do we get past those day one, one day? Okay. Right? Awesome. So we built the whole thing out. It's all ready to go. And I always have something to talk about. And we always have something that leads into the next one. But I always never wanted to say, well, you didn't have that in there, so I didn't know I needed to build it. We have uh, built it. It's there. Right. It's now I'm just going to invite you, change the mindset. Just nice. move over. It's going to be okay. Just step one more over.
0: All right. So, Marty, what kinds of companies can put this software into play
2: effectively? All and right now, we've got it set up in there in the HVAC industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we we work with small business, one owner and an, and a and a helper. Okay. Up to you know large staffs. One of our largest has thirty something employees. Okay. Um, so we've it's it's set to be able to support any size business. It does support a lot. And it gives you that mindset and that that, uh, that comfortability at, at the smaller level that they have an office or they have a staff that in the software.
0: Okay. So these, these kinds of businesses, how can how best to, to contact you to get this thing going?
2: Um, uh, area code seven seven zero three eight one zero zero five seven.
0: Okay. So seven seven zero three eight one zero zero five seven. Yes, sir. Okay. Marty and, and as for you? Or you got someone else that you want them
2: to contact? You want them to call for you? Oh, absolutely. Call for you. call for the man. That's exactly right.
0: Okay, so Marty Gildemeyer at 770-381-0057. Yes. All right, and you can walk them through what it looks like, and they can make a decision, and then you can help them put it into play.
2: Love to talk to you.
0: That'd be great. Marty, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me. So it's Praxis Group Inc. Inc., Praxis Group Inc. And Praxis is spelled P-R-A-X-I-S. Yes, sir. And it means process. That's correct. Terrific. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So this has been uh, Marty Gildemeyer with ProTech Mechanical and Praxis Group, guest on our show today, and great, great tool for helping business owners in the contracting world. Nice. And then we also had Travis Giles, the founder and master clothier with McMahon's Clothing. Uh, Again, this is your host, Al Simon with Sandler on business radio X. And as always, we conclude the show with a sales tip. We call it the ask Al segment and, uh, listeners send us questions, uh, about sales, uh, to, and you, did you say, did you say you love sales, Marty? I think I, I, I did. Yeah, I heard, think I heard that. Uh, and, um, and so, but sales, uh, can be complicated. I, I, I suppose just like, uh, just like Marty's business and, uh, was and, um, And I think that we, in in sales, we we often overthink it as well. Uh, And so the question that I've chosen uh, that was submitted that I'm going to answer today uh, is a good example of that. The question is, how can I impact more higher-level contracts? Okay, that's the way it's worded. How can I impact more higher-level contracts? Now, I'm assuming, you know, if I were to translate that, that means how do I get larger deals? Yeah, how do I get larger deals? Uh, which is a pretty common issue for uh, for salespeople, and you know it, it's it's tempting to give you know the the obvious answer, which is call on larger accounts. But you, you know, but I'm pretty sure that's not why this listener uh, gave the question, right? I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that she in this case has tried that, um, but again. The word target is probably not being taken uh, into consideration in many cases. You know, I mean, I'm sure sales managers say, well, call on larger accounts. But you really, you've got to start with the target. you got to know what you're looking for. And a lot of times, uh, if you've been getting deals that are not as big as you want, it's because you're calling on the wrong, wrong folks. And that may not be the companies. You may not. You may be calling on large enough organizations, but you may be calling too low in those organizations. And the lower you, you call on in an organization, the more they'll be transactional, you know, like you know, this particular project or this particular you know, um, issue I'm trying to solve. Uh, whereas if you're gonna call higher in organizations, you're gonna have to get a lot more comfortable having strategic conversations. You're gonna have to do a lot more uh, homework, uh, more research to know what this particular organization from a strategic standpoint is focused on are they growing in a particular market uh do they do they really focus more on a on a on a vertical uh are they looking to acquire others are they looking to be acquired are they, you know are so there's so much that you got to know about the people about the organization and the people you're calling on you know if it's ceo level or any c suite c suite level person uh, or general manager or or head of manufacturing or you know you you've, you've got to know the kinds of folks you're calling on and what and what strategically they're worried about. And so it does take a lot more work. And also typically these deals take a lot more time. There's a longer sales cycle. Uh, So you got to get comfortable with that. And a lot of folks aren't. A lot of folks need that daily win you know and and they need that uh, that ability to celebrate more often. You work in larger deals, there's a lot longer stretches of time between wins. And so you got to take your wins when you can get them. So I always suggest if you want to get bigger deals target the right kinds of organizations and be ready to talk with, with higher up people in those organizations at it's just a strategic level, have patience, but also be working on the, on the smaller deals as well because you need those wins along the way. Uh, and, and it takes a lot more effort to work larger deals. And then if you don't win, you have wasted all that time. So you need to have a mix of smaller and larger, and you need to be able to understand how to work both kinds. Um, so, The listener who sent this in, I hope that helps you. Uh, But it really starts with that word target. Uh, And another word that's that's key here is research. And another word that's key here is patience. And uh, so that's what I would say about that, how to bring in larger deals. So once again, this is Al Simon with Sandler. This has been Simon Says Let's Talk Business on St. Patty's Day with McMahon's Clothing and uh, Praxis Group, Inc., And as always, good selling.